Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 457. We have a fun one today. We always have fun. I know, but I think we did a really good job on our reviews today. We've been doing excellent on our reviews as of late. I would like to pat us solidly on the back. Yes. It's we like should after, give ourselves an award. It's like after nine years, we finally figured out what the fuck we're doing. Let's celebrate by <laughs> having some beers or something. Yay! <laughs> oh, but I, I also talked about some of the things I probably want for Christmas. Uh, toys from Santa. Lots of toy talk. It sounds dirty when I say it. <laughs> we talked about comics, too. That sounds less dirty. Lots of comics. Good comics. Yeah. Solid comics. Great comics. Comics for everybody. <laughs> so with that, grab a cold one to find out which ones we talked about. Because you grabbing that beer is automatically going to get you to listen even longer. <laughs> and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 457, Kung Fu Cowboys. taking all my money. I don't have any money because Jonathan Hickman has all of my money. <laughs> Mr. Lego has all my money. <laughs> Did you buy more while I was gone? Maybe. You weren't here, so I, I announced... Can't, I can't be held responsible for you constantly, Tony. <laughs> yes, you can, Mom. <laughs> but it's funny, too. Uh, we did record with you being away and Actually, that was something that me and Anthony were talking about needing you here. And then Anthony was like, yeah, well, you know what? Lynn's better be here next week because I'm going to quit again just like I did last year. <laughs> and, of course, here he doesn't Not show up. Not here today. Oh, man. That is right. He did quit right before summer started because yeah. he thought we took summers off like we're a school. <laughs> Why would one think that? It's a podcast. Because he's like, I learned so much from you guys. You must be teachers. <laughs> that is the one and only time we will ever compare ourselves to teachers. <laughs> Except for when Matt comes and joins. Well, Matt doesn't count. He's an actual fucking teacher. <laughs> and he's never coming ever again. You can just give that dream up. No, I think someday maybe. Yeah, in ten years when the kids are grown. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we've taken time off and then we do a reboot. What would we? What would we? Would we just still call it Drunk on Comics, or would we rebrand it? Um, it would have to make reference to the fact that we were like old. So I don't know whether it would be like Junk on Comics for seniors. Metamucil <laughs> on Comics. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Ten years. I won't be that old. You won't be that old. You'll still be in your 40s ten years from now. Yeah, I'll still make it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're getting old. I am. I am. And ten years from this year, I will be 50. Which so is crazy. Math means you're going to be 40. Yes. 
<laughs> Which is a weird way to, to segue into you're going to be 40. I'm going to be 40. I'm going to be 40 in like a week and a half. It's crazy. It's not, yeah, I guess a week and a day. Um, it's crazy. I don't feel 40. I look at 40-year-olds from like the past, like my mom or like people on TV, shit like that. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, our generation is the best-looking generation that there's been so far, I think. I also look back to me being a kid and seeing... Because my parents had me when they were younger, so, like, me growing up when I was younger, they weren't an older, you know, couple. Right, right. And even my my uncles and aunts and stuff, 40, I thought, was old. Mm -hmm. And if you're 40, you're an old fart. And none of my uncles and aunts were, were 40 at the time when I was a kid. So, yeah, they, they're perpetually, I don't think of them past that because my age has been stunted in my brain that I'm always a kid. Yeah, well, yeah. And so That's now that I am this old age and, and I don't think that I am, it's just a weird thing to, to be old when not old at heart. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. But then, so, have you seen the movie Cocoon? Yeah. Wilford Brimley. That's my goal. <laughs> Wilford Brimley, right? He was 49 years old when he made that movie. Well, he looked old. But he's also looked the same for the last, because that movie was true. He got the, <laughs> the powers and just looked like Wilford Brimley for the rest of the years. There's actually a website that you can go to that's called the Brimley Line. It's the Brimley Cocoon Line Calculator, and it will tell you how many days until you cross the Brimley Cocoon Line. So, like, here, let me let me pull it up real quick. So, if you put in your birth date, it says you have this many days until you cross the Brimley, which is how old he was when he was. And it's crazy to think about, like, literally in 10 years, I'll hit the Brimley Cocoon line, and there's no way I'm going to look as old as fucking Wilfred Brimley did in Cocoon. Cocoon? I don't know, man. The way the way some of these years go, like, <laughs> who knows? I don't know. I still get people, and I don't know if they're being nice, because I think I look old, but I always get people who are like, you're going to be 40? And I'm like, I don't know if it's, I look young, or like, they just can't believe somebody as immature as me has made it this long. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be it. I don't know. I don't know. I'd probably believe the latter there. Yeah. Thanks. You're saying I look old. Jerk. <laughs> oh, I'm saying that... that Mountain man. Looking motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just trying to say that you're young at heart and you are young still. Because you're only two years older than I me. I know. So I'm like... I know. Good say. But I did say that I was... I, I feel old, so... Yeah. I don't know why you feel old. You live the life of a 25-year-old in so many ways. Not as much anymore except for... This... I'm looking at a window that has a dinosaur sheet over it. <laughs> I picked that purposely because it was funny. It is but also funny. I still have the... Do you have the full sheet set? No, I just have the, the, the top regular, sheet. Yeah, the top yeah. sheet. Because <laughs> I hold on to shit that I don't need. I know you do. I know. I know you do. Which is why you need to stop buying things. Back to our original point. 
I can never move because I can't move all this stuff. I know. I tell you, man, you could have one hell of a fucking yard sale. Oh my goodness. You could retire off the proceeds of that bullshit. True. Well, maybe that might be. Open your own eBay store. For sure. I got some vintage stuff. You do. You, I, well, you just have a lot. You have a lot of shit. You can sell go, everything in your comics. house. You can sell everything in your house, including the comics, for a dollar each. <laughs> And you would have enough money to retire on. That is true. That's how much shit you have in your house. Life goals. <laughs> well, speaking of comics, <laughs> what we do here at Drunk on Comics, it'll save me from telling you that I died Saturday night and I'm still hungover. Yeah. Oh, was you said you went to the Rockford Beer Festival? Is that what uh, you went to? No, start of summer celebration. In, What's, in Muskegon? No, in Rock, oh. Rockford. Oh. <laughs> I, wow. There's a thing in Muskegon called like Summerfest or Summer Celebration or something like yeah, that. Yeah, lots of places have I summer know, celebrations. This one was Rockford's gotcha. one. All right. So they always have a beer tent, and my high school was, was near there, and so I'll usually just run into friends, so I try to make sure I stop by it. But there was no information and I didn't even think they were going to have anything, you know, restrictions just being lifted and all, but they did, and it wasn't as, you know, busy as normal, which was great, but that turned into, let's go to Mulligan's, where my sister works, mm -hmm. and she said, I owed you for all of last year helping me out through COVID stuff, so drinks are on me, and Ooh. then my buddy showed up, and then they had shots that they kept grabbing, and then we went to a one of their friends that lived down the street that we somehow got there and 4.30 in the morning I'm getting an Uber home and 4.30 in the morning I only see 4.30 in the morning anymore if I get up at 4.30 in the morning <laughs> remember this used to be like a, a weekly occurrence I of know. my drunk capades and yeah you know, you have to ease into that slowly. Oh no shit, Tony! I, it's been a long you, time. I am hurting still, yeah. and I don't like that anymore. Like I, yeah, I right. need to say no. Let's normalize public weed smoking instead of drinking. Our lives would all be better. <laughs> <laughs> We're just not going out as much. I don't need to go out as much. But then, but you know, we are drunk on comics, so we can't. I mean, I am drinking. Sometimes I'm feeling like I'm <laughs> carrying the team for... I'm drinking... I drink constantly. I just keep... <laughs> I maintain, Tony. I don't okay. binge. Yes. That is true. I should go... I should do your alcoholism and not mine. Yes. Mine is workable. <laughs> oh. Um, all right. So let's get into some book reviews. Mm -hmm, mm hmm And we'll talk about some news. I have... One book that I I don't know, I need to look a little more into it because I don't know how true it is or what's going on with it, and I kind of enjoyed it, but I feel like I'd enjoy it more if I knew like what it's about. And it is Hey Kids, Volume 2, Profits and Losses. Oh, no. Hey Kids Comics. Yeah. That one? Mm-hmm. I did see that one come through because I was like oh my gosh what a fun title and then I saw it was all horror related it's, stuff this well this isn't horror no and maybe the first volume was um 
again, that's what I'm trying to find out, and and so that's why I don't want to do a full review on it. But it, it starts off with, uh, and also, I didn't pick up the first issue either. Like, totally, I'm just reading the second issue, feeling like if I could jump into it to kind of understand a bit. And it's got the cast of characters and the management and the GW publisher, you know, oversaw in-house Golden Age, and then, like, you know, the editor, he's a hack. And it, and it just goes through all these people that are going to be showing up in here of it seems like this is they're talking about like some insider knowledge of comic books but i think this is all f like fiction like none of this stuff truly happened except for there's things that it seems like it, it could have it starts off golden age like you know 1955 getting things started with comics maybe they started before but really in the forefront yeah of uh you know american population and and it kind of goes through the different people and talking. But then you get these, uh, what I really enjoyed is the covers of the books that show up. Like um, the World's Conqueror or Creeping Doom. And they're talking about, yeah, all that stuff was, was horror books. But then when Secret Identity Powerhouse came, and of course that is the Superman analog, and then... Uh, the Mighty Men, or I think it was uh, Athena Woman, and Lieutenant Liberty, and uh, Midnighter. Midnighter? Well, there is a Midnighter, but, you know, just, and that was supposed to be like the Batman. Like, you could tell what they were, but they're not, obviously, for, well, reasons, copyright and all that, that you can just put those people's names in there and their covers, but you could elicit what it was like a mad magazine cover and they're just talking about what it was like um making these at the time mm -hmm. so again i don't know if all this stuff is like true if it's just satire and making fun of how things were i don't know it, and it was it it felt wordy enough for me that i enjoy where i could read a lot but again maybe i totally missed the first, well, because I did, but what was set up in the first issue. So, give it another go. Um, try to find that out and just try to find a little bit more. But I thought the dialogue felt fresh. and. So, here's the series synopsis. Hey, kids, comics takes a cue from nearly a century of turbulence and triumph, despair and drama in the comic book Racket. Artists and writers, convent and clowns, ganifs and gangsters. I don't know what ganifs are. Create the foundations of today's biggest entertainment business, or at least the tail that wags the dog. Some of it really happened, and the names have been changed to protect the innocent and guilty. Although, in the end, everyone is guilty of something. So, it does kind of sound like they're doing a history of comics, but they're covering the stuff like the underbelly. Yeah. Of comics. And I perused the first volume very quickly just now. And it had, like, the way it looked like it was set up is it had a year, so, like, 1965. And then it would have, like, three pages. And then it would say 1945. And then it would have three pages. And then it would say 1955. And then it would have three pages. So I'm not entirely certain if that plays into the way yours was set up to read. Not really. Okay. I mean, it had, uh, I think it had two specific dates. But it had 
I don't know, it just had more talking heads and talking about okay. covers and everything. Interesting. But, you know, I, I do... I'm intrigued. think it was all right. Um, this is uh, written by Howard Chaikin, who I guess has been in the industry for uh, decades. And so, you know, who knows all that he knows and has seen. And right. Again, if it's all true or not, or if it ever really happened. So... Anyways, I did think it was interesting enough to mention, um, but like like this, this is what I'm talking about for, you know, just having like some of the covers throughout mm-hmm. and I'm just talking about it, but like not knowing who these people are supposed to be representing, which... Well, you totally, f- Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. The speed, de- yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, another book that uh, I read, which was shorter for what it was, but then I came to realize that that's what they're going for. This was a, a digital comic. It is The Joker Presents a Puzzle Box, number one. Okay. And so there will be a physical edition, I guess, out eventually, but this is for uh, you know people that have the DC digital app and everything to, to get the... I guess go not not preview what the first look or whatever sure or, I don't know even what fucking word I'm trying to say get to read it here first folks yeah. <laughs> and and so I was disappointed by the length but then just realizing well if that's kind of how they're doing it a small digital here and there and it's free then you know can't, can't complain. complain and I enjoyed it I I feel like because it's the Joker that is saying things, you can't trust him. Mm-hmm. And the person that they say is dead, but the Joker saying he's not, I want to trust him. But then you don't know, and obviously it ends with saying the name of who it is, and I don't want to give that away, but I'm very intrigued. Let's say that. Okay. So he's already handcuffed. Like He starts off being getting uh, interviewed by the... Gotham Police, so that's kind of where it starts, and it's going to be a, a you know a story of the cops, you know, pointing out some this or that, and the Joker, you know, being the Joker, being the Joker. Now, what I would love though is if this was like some real life like detective shit, and like I have to like start looking at some panels to. I. That would be amazing. I would like a really, that's what I really good wanted. interactive online comic that sends you on like a mystery scavenger hunt situation. Call some number here and there. Yeah. But you know how the internet is though? Once one person finds it, they'll post it on Reddit. Yeah, you just don't look at those. So that's what, what <laughs> honestly, because of just reading this and wanting that to happen, I was like, I really want to make a book. That would have a lot of people read, but like not let anyone know for a good whatever years. Have a secret prize stashed for the first person, but like really do like a like number. Ready Player One. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. But in just the comic hard. books and maybe even a tie in so that it's not so easy. But you know, you know, one person mentioned something that happened in like Justice League number 10. Yeah. And then you somehow got the artist to like hide one thing there or some dialogue of what to say. Right. Code word you know, orange or something. Orange. I don't know. I was going to say Batman, but that sounds dumb. <laughs> so many Batmans. 
<laughs> well, and, and I guess... So I've always enjoyed... It's going to be totally off comic books. Uh, ultimately, I'm not going to talk any more of this, too, because I want to give it away, but I, I enjoyed the, the story so far. It's one of, I believe, seven or eight uh, issues. Uh, so I like the um, the room-type puzzles, playing the phone games and everything, mm-hmm. or even just uh, escape rooms in general. So my cousin sent uh, us... They're going to have a kid... And they sent us a picture of the what you, ultrasound. Yeah. You but, got a picture of the inside of somebody's body. Congratulations. Yes. But behind <laughs> it was a couple other, like it was them holding it up, but behind it was kind of like a small, just some other pictures and a collage. But there's some words and, and dates and stuff. And I, my cousin, he is a rocket scientist. And it's his wife that's pregnant. And... I was like, is there some sort of like secret meaning between some of the letters here and there? We got to rearrange it to find out the gender. And he just starts laughing. He goes, "I like where you're thinking. Nope, we they're actually making a, a Rube Goldberg type machine to reveal. Oh, nice. So he's actually making something for it. But he goes, that would have been kind of clever though if we would have yeah had something. <laughs> and now I think like you're just always searching for Easter eggs. Yeah, <laughs> always. <laughs> I'm like that meme of like just the, the symbols and the, the calculations just showing up in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time it's nothing. What an exhausting way to live your life. Hey, I find joy in everything. Yeah. No, that's good. Even when there's nothing Even there. Even when there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, But I do have a, a book that I do want to talk about. Oh, I see... I'm starting to not want to talk uh, as in-depth of some of these books anymore. Well, no, you want people to read them. Yes. Right? That's kind of the whole thing. But you got to give them the, gotta give them the taste. Like, why should they read it? What about it? What about it, Tony? What about it made, so, makes me want to read it? I wanted to read this just because of the title, but I want you to... I'm going to tell you the title. Okay. Just tell me what you think. Okay. Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. Six Sidekicks... Of Trigger Keaton. Well, it's a Western, is what it sounds like to me. Yes? No? Well, just keep going. Well, because if I say yes or no, then you'll... The six sidekicks of... What's his name? Trigger Keaton. Trigger Keaton. I mean, all I'm getting is Western from that. I don't know. Like... Okay. Is it a... That's what you think the book's about, is just a Western with six sidekicks? Well, cowboys. It's about cowboys. Trigger Keaton is clearly a cowboy or a villain, I guess. He could have little evil sidekicks as well. Like how how far you're in depth. Well, I mean, like, you know, it's one of those things where you need the cover along with it. But, um, you know, I don't know. Is it a Western? It's got to be a Western. It's not a Western? Is it a ninja book? Or martial arts involved. Yes. Trying to think of when there's sidekick scenarios going on. Yep. Oh, so it, okay, it is martial arts. Okay. Yeah. Trigger Keaton. What a terrible name for a ninja. All right. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> not even that. So. Right I just away. Made up this whole separate story where I'm thinking about the movie The Three Ninjas. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can think about now. And they found three girl ninjas, and now there's six. <laughs> One of them's name, he still calls himself Tom Tom. (laughs) (laughs) They beat bad guys by giving them x lax For me, personally, when I read this, I automatically thought of, 
the old school type, uh, you know, yeah, ninja type uh, stories, but also of Walker, Texas Ranger for some reason. Ah, uh, okay. And I thought, well, Chuck Norris, who He's a cowboy. personally I'm not a big fan of, but also that is exactly what they were going for in this. Okay. And Trigger Keaton is the the character name for um or no martial art is is the name trigger keaton is the real name of this person and he's gone by martial art in through some of his uh tv shows okay and it starts off with these kids talking about they're getting they're in this bank robbery like oh man you know uh, you know, martial art will come and and save us, and I just love that. That's the, the name of the martial the art person, yeah. But it's martial, like martial, yeah. Okay. And you know, he comes in, and they're like, "Yeah, you're here to save the day." And he does his pose and has his head on, and is straight up Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah. And then we get to cut because then you find out that it is a set. Uh, and then you find out that Keaton, he's like, you know, you gotta, they're like, you gotta stop punching people. And he's like, that's third job, dipshit. And you start finding out the type of person he is. Uh, he pretty much sweeps the leg of this kid actor on set, um, smacks a girl's ass when he's walking out. Mm. He is a sleaze. He is just the worst of the worst. And what I thought was really great about this is it just gets right into doing what everyone probably wanted to, and he's dead. Yeah. You can totally get that from the cover. And what I love the most was this goes into his six sidekicks that he had on all these different projects, and each one of them, different race and background and, okay. and who they are. And when you introduce to someone, they say which number sidekick they are, where they fell into becoming a sidekick. It shows the um, TV listings for what the TV show was mm. and ex- explains, you know, uh, what the plot of it was. Like, the first person they introduced, sidekick number six, was on Precinct Blues. And, and then it just kind of shows a little bit of enough of, like, Trigger Keaton makes his triumphant return to television as Detective Roscoe Knight in a police procedural set in Los Angeles. And then with most all of them... It does that for whatever it was, but then they have another little page news article of, like, one of them that was on, uh, was martial art, because this person is now grown up, uh, 12-year-old Paul Hernandez, shocking expose of the backstage bullying and abusive behavior of martial art, uh, it goes into saying, like, why these people, like, well, fucking hated him, right. all these sidekicks, or what scandal or what happened on the show that it was. And it's funny seeing the shows and just being like, God, this is like, you know, some actor that wise keep getting these second or sixth chances. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the shitty stuff that he would do. But what I love a lot is there's Terry Komodo, who is sidekick number two, who is all about, like, him. And so he's trying to be the... I don't know. He's wearing um, pretty much just hippie martial artist. Like, I'm going to be zen 
big dude drinking beer because I looked up for him to him, even though, mm-hmm. you know, Trigger, he's an asshole. Yeah, was an asshole. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, yeah. I don't know what you'd call that, but... Sometimes you have sycophants, right? Yes. People who will follow you no matter what. And I love that they are trying to figure out who killed him. And you find out there's a lot of more people, not even of these six sidekicks. It You get well, the sense that they're meeting Well, any woman whose ass he slapped. Well, there's also a woman sidekick, too. Yeah. And... Well, the stuntmen, even. There's yeah. a stuntman war, they said. I at the saw end. that. I saw that. Uh, if any of them survived the stuntman yeah. war, was the very bottom of the recap of this. And I was like, all right, well, that in and of itself makes me want to read this. It was really good. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I like where it's going. I completely enjoy that they. They showed how much of a dick this person is and then just killed them to be like, we don't need... Because they're going to spring up stuff. They're going to probably have flashbacks and this and that. And it's like, is it a murder that needs to be solved? Probably not. Because (laughs) it made it look like he committed suicide as well. Right. So the police called it as such, but one of the the sidekicks is uh, stating as, as such that we should figure it out. So, yes, uh, without giving some other things about some of the characters and all, I can see how this group of six are going to come about. But, for as much shit as they're talking about, Trigger not teach them anything, in the panels that they're kind of having the war with the stunt, well, just fighting them up, I'm sure they're going to come back later, uh, they're holding their own. Like, just showing the panels of them moving, like, so they all know how to fight in one way or another uh, due to being on the set and everything. Right. And so it'll be interesting. Huh. So it was kind of kind of what I thought it was going to be, but not at all what no. I thought it was going to be. It sounds like the plot of a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, actually. And so does the, the title. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or like the Coen brothers or something like mm-hmm. that, for sure. What fun. Um... Well, so this week was some catching up for me. Um, I read the first three issues of the Hellfire Gala event that's going on right now. So that is Marauders number 21, X-Force number 20, and Hellions number 12. I'm a bit behind on what's going on in the actual series. So... There were some things that were said that I didn't quite understand. Like, I guess I didn't realize that Madeline Pryor, spoilers, had died. And they decided not to bring her back, even though we learned very early in this new series that she was a mutant, because this version of her was a clone. Mm -hmm. So, whilst the original Madeline Pryor was a mutant, because this was a clone, they're not going to bring her back. And I'm like, well, that's fucked up. I thought part of this whole thing hinged on her. Didn't it? No. I thought you're, it did. No. You're... No? Um, you're thinking Moira. Oh, I'm thinking Moira. Yeah. Moira McTaggart. Yeah. Madeline was Cable's mom. Yes, and she was who a clone is a clone. So how right. do you have two genes? Right. That so does that sense. make more sense now? Are you it a little does. less confused? I was okay. thinking of Moira okay. when I was thinking about the whole thing. I didn't even realize Madeline Pryor was back. I guess she I'm, showed up in Hellions. Maybe that's I where I got Hellions. confused. I was like, why the hell? And, <laughs> and yeah, and she 
was killed because she was she was resurrecting was it the Reavers I think I don't know I can't remember but they went in and and then they wanted to re- resurrect her and that brought up a whole new uh, yeah because she's a clone of Jean yes right. but she is also her own yeah. being right and so that's a it's again one of those other things of like man there's so many intricate right. parts of resurrection protocols All right and how does that work that makes sense I really, in my head, even though I was saying Madeline Pryor out loud and reading it, I was totally thinking they meant Moira. So that makes way more sense. Okay, so scratch that. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. There's no problem. Um, there's uh, this whole thing with this um, territory that they tried to convince to do business with them that ended up being ran by, like, this fungus, like the people of the... If it's like terror, 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 something. What we're like being controlled by this fungus, and now the mutants have kind of taken control of this fungus and are using it to their advantage. Now. Can't remember the name. Is it, is it Terra Verde? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so there's some shady stuff going on with that. I was really surprised to find out who was involved in that scenario. Um, Beast is really coming out as kind of yeah. like a, getting a little bit of a god complex know, going on I with partially him. like it, partially don't, because I've always felt Beast was kind of boring, but he was a nice, lovable, cuddly person yeah. that I liked. And he's totally... But now he's very interesting, but also, like, I don't like him. Oh, my God. He's totally... So they... and that, So I'm only going to be talking about bits and pieces of this whole thing, so... Um, Obviously, it's it's a whole event that's going on, and the the overall story is that they're having the Hellfire Gala, which they haven't had in years and years and years and years and years, and they're using it to like build these bridges between these countries and nations that haven't signed on with the X with the mutants yet to you know take their services and stuff like that. Um, Beast. Like, without getting into too much detail as to what he's doing, there's this whole page of how he justifies the decisions he's making. And it says something about, about how, you know, in the past, you know, God would come down and tell you what they were doing, and they, everyone would be like, praise God. But you change God into a furry blue guy, and all of a sudden people have problems with it. And I'm like, oh no, beast. <laughs> what are you doing? And he's straight up like, everyone's stupid, I'm the smartest person alive, that sort of thing. So that's going to be a real interesting thing to watch happen. Mm-hmm. Because it is definitely outside of his normal character. Um, Deadpool shows up, which was a fun little aside in one of them. Um, he just comes up in a little dinghy. <laughs> Wolverine's watching the shore because he doesn't want to go to the party and... Deadpool just rolls up and they start fighting. Deadpool's pissed because he didn't get invited. Um, so that was fun. There's just, there's a lot going on. And I appreciate the way they're doing it because, for example, I read, what issue was it? X-Force, I believe. And that storyline isn't going to pop up again until like six issues from then. So they're following different people within this event I guess if you really wanted to you could skip reading some of them I don't know that you would want to they all tie in together pretty mm-hmm. well um, that's that's the thing and we've, we've talked about it enough 
But where some events in Marvel or DC or anything, you're like, man, there's 10 of these. There's like yeah. War Journal. There's the this outside perspective of whatever's going on that's 10 times dumber than the whole thing. Right. The X-Men are just the books, and they weave in so mm-hmm. well. Like, yeah. it feels... And it is connected to the rest of the Marvel Universe because they have some tie-ins with everything else, but it feels so connected. Yeah. Like, more so than even the event. This is an event, so mm-hmm. it is kind of nice that they can kind of have... Uh, what would you call it? You have some... Loose ends tied up usually in the story arcs before getting here to get here that you can then branch off later. Or you put some of those on hold. Right. Longer storytelling. I know that's what they did with the um, the sword one. Mm-hmm. They didn't resolve everything. They resolved some things that they were going to the head, but then they broke off again and to do their own books. And now this coming, it's like this wave that yep. it's, it's smart. It's good. It's like, let's now... They probably have the goal for the next two or three events sure. to tell them, and it's all due to finally having someone be like, I'm in charge with enough clout to actually mm-hmm. have Marvel say, let's do this, because in the long run, holy shit, yeah. things have never been better. Yeah. And I don't know that I ever <coughs> would have picked up a whole event that was basically like the Hellfire Gala. Like, they've had like single oh, I, issues. I've, Part of the Phoenix yeah. story takes place at a Hellfire Gala, right? Um, but never would I have been like, I'm going to read 12 issues of a party event. But the way they're doing it is really great. And just some of the little things that they throw in there, like Doctor Strange shows up at the party and finally, he's like, finally, I'm underdressed. Because he's always wearing that stupid outfit. Um, Tony Stark shows up and everybody that shows up has to wear a flower because it's like their ID badge. And Tony Stark shows up. He doesn't come through the portal. He flies in right in his little suit. And Kid Omega is kind of like the guard for people getting in. He's like reading their minds and making sure they have flowers and stuff. And he squares up against Tony. Because nice. Tony's like, I'm not wearing your stupid flower badge. I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> also, don't try to read my mind because I thought of that already, too. <laughs> and like this whole back and forth where like Kid Omega's like, I'm not letting you in. And Tony Stark's like, I'd like to see you stop me, sort of thing. <laughs> and just, it's just all kinds of little things like that. There's this whole aside of the. Um, cuckoos they're, they call themselves something else now like the five who think is one or something like that mm-hmm. but because they're in like the background just monitoring the whole thing and they have little dialogue pages that run throughout in their conversations with each other and they're just fucking teenage girls and it's funny to read their conversations <laughs> but so far so good I enjoyed the first three issues um there's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on. You can tell just by the way they're building it. So I give it a I give it a solid. We'll keep reading at this point. It's it, you, I don't know how this could ever end. I know. And, and to be honest, I don't ever really think of that. Yeah. Because fuck, if this goes for the next twenty years, I'll I'll be like, it's got to be the new norm, right? You, there's just no way to retcon this back anymore. Well, there is. But, but like, really? Yeah, I don't see them being able to... They've gone too far at this point. Yeah, I could see them still... Yeah, I don't know how... And that's the thing, I don't know how... But there's ten different ways that it could all come to ruin. And some of the shit they're doing. But I used to read The Avengers a lot. And me and my brother are kind of like, what are they doing there? Yeah. Like, I don't really like it. 
I will say I'm I am thoroughly enjoying this Heroes Reborn thing. I thought to God I was going to be like this is a cash grab. It's dumb. I would say it's not a needed event for most people to read, mm-hmm. but me personally, I'm like, all right, I'm kind of, I'm glad it's different uh, enough that I'm enjoying it, but man, I can't miss yeah. X-Men. Like, it's right. the comic books to be reading. Yeah, good stuff. Except for what he did to my boy Franklin. I'm still pissed off about that, but... Well, Franklin's at the party. Oh, is he? And, um... Xavier says right to his face something about him being a human and not a mutant, right? And, like, a very, like... It's interesting because I kind of like the way that they've... Xavier's not really... Like, he is the most important, but he, like... You don't hear about him. Yeah. It's it's about everybody else, which I appreciate because I'm sick of Xavier. (laughs) (laughs) Sick of him. Um, Anyway... So the other book I read was a graphic novel that I've been holding on to for a while because I just haven't had the time to read it, and it's called Dracula, Motherfucker. <laughs> when you told me the title, I, I laughed just like you are now. <laughs> it's great. It's it's It starts in 1989 with Dracula and his brides, right, because he's always got like this harem of women that he's turned, and they, they nail him to the inside of his coffin and cover it and like he just is there for however until 1974 basically because that's when this book picks back up um and it follows so like it follows this desperate aging actress who tries to set Dracula free and what happens after that happens and there's this police photographer who is called in to like photograph the scene that just happened and he starts getting stalked by Dracula. It's like a very 1970s sort of campy inner city gritty vampire tale, right? It's weird. Um, The art in it is weird and awesome and I love it and probably the biggest selling point of this book and how just weird and ethereal and bright and like crazy the art is. Um, the one thing I have to say, because this book is well written and well drawn, and that's the downside to it because it gets to the end. The the brides, right? The ladies, the ladies that belong to Dracula, have kind of risen up and decided to like the empowered women, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And things happen, and then it ends. And then I'm like, okay, well, this is how a comic book ends, because you know there's going to be another issue. Because I don't want to give away the ending, right? Because I think people should read it. But I'm also like, this is it. This is it. Oh, there's no more. There's no more. What? It's a single. It's a one-shot graphic novel. So I got to, I got to the end of it, and I was like, God damn it! There's more to the, there's more to this story. There's gotta be. I don't know if they're gonna do another one, but in my head, there is a hundred percent more to this story. <laughs> and that's the thing that it's good because that means the book was good, but it's also frustrating because there's not. I had to Google it. I was like, There's gotta be more. There's gotta be more. It this is. People don't end a book like this. 
Just kidding, they totally do. (laughs) (laughs) So, I guess time will tell as to whether there's going to be more from this book or not. Um, But it was fun. It was a fun read. It was very movie-like. Like, you could feel how it could be turned into a film very easily. Um, but again, shout out to the art, um, by Eric, Erica Henderson, like everything you kind of want out of like a 1970s Hollywood vampire tale, I think. And then it was written by Alex DeCampi. So I think that, I think Alex did a very good job. That's what I read this week getting caught up on some things there's a lot there's a lot I have a lot I have a giant unread list right now it's really depressing because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna have time to catch up on it uh, that's a, uh, I uh, I need to catch up on some comics too but there's also just so many other distractions and it's summertime too and you know being outside and you know, you don't just carry your comic books around outside no. with you. I have them on my phone because I... Well, even then, to, it's harder to It is. It's so little, read. yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I need to take more time to stay in and just not watch as many TV shows. I know, but it's hard because, t- like, TV is having what the golden age was in the 50s for comics. TV is having that right now. Like, we have the best TV we have ever had in the entirety of television. Yep. And it makes it hard, because there is so much good stuff. Yeah, Loki just came out, and it was right. fucking amazing. It was amazing. It, it was, was exactly so how I thought it would be, and everyone's talking about it. Everyone's like, this is the show, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I knew that's how it was going to be. I was even a little surprised uh, in some of the direction that they went. Uh, I love that right away they pointed to Mephisto uh, being the bad guy with the little kid. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, when he pointed to the devil, I assumed that it was Loki. I know. Well, that's horn, what... His I, horn helmet. I figured, too, that it was going to be... <laughs> I didn't honestly think it would be Loki for some odd reason, even though I, I thought it could be. I I just, for some reason, was just like, all right, it's not going to be literally the devil, though. Right. Yeah. It's kind of funny that that's just the theme for all these yeah. shows now. And you know what? It's become a meme. In fact, when they finally do have Mephisto show up, they need to just acknowledge that. Right. It was me all along. (laughs) But no, this... Oh, man. Episode was so great. Uh, I thought everything they did with the the TVA was great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Where they're going with it. And I just hope beyond hope that it, it ends with... Loki still being mischievous, but becomes kind of good so that he can be deposited into the now MCU. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see the him all of a sudden like it being a closed loop where then he goes back to forgets it all and then it's just Loki right. again to go through right. his yeah. life. I I I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed the TVA so much. The way they have done everything with that concept because. It's funny because it totally looks like it takes place in the 70s. See, though, a lot of future uh, timey-wimey travel type things always seems to have that aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, Look at Umbrella Academy. They had, you know, their time, Mm -hmm. uh, I forget what they're called in that too, but 
you know, they, it's out of place for being a futuristic type yeah. group. Right. But it makes sense if you think back to, like, the history of the TVA and the comics. Like, when's the last time the TVA got really involved in anything in any big way? I feel like it was definitely something in, that existed in, in greater numbers in the 70s. Right? Or was it the 80s? For what? When they were first introduced? Yeah. I believe it was the 70s. Okay. They were first introduced in uh, a Thor book. Yeah. And, I mean, they've popped up in, in tons of other things. I learned that the first ever oh, time... Oh, it's 86. The first ever... Oh, was it 86? That's what it says. Oh. 1986. Uh, the first ever time travel book was made in, like, 1773. And it was about a future, but it was... Because it was before the Industrial Revolution, like, everything was, like, the same. Like, because the concept of the person that wrote it, and I think it was the date they said it was, like, 1999 or something. Like, to them, it's the cusp, that's the end of the, you know, mm -hmm. the world's going to end at the turn of the century. But, like, it's just different people are in power. Like, no flying cars, because there wasn't cars, there wasn't the really idea much of any. cars, yeah. yeah. They're still all with horses and, the, you know stagecoach behind them and I'm like I kind of want to now read that in a sense to see like because then once you start getting up closer to the you know late 1800s early 1900s with time travel stuff then it's just really interesting type concepts that mm -hmm. they have like they can see flying cars but then what they look like are just ridiculous and whenever work in real life but their descriptions oh time travel is just so much fun yeah I like doing it from time to time. <laughs> Oops, I was supposed to say that. <laughs> you want to know, know how I know time travel's real? Because I'll go and erase that and edit it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I bet you a hundred bucks you don't do that. <laughs> hey, I have the power. You do. Are you Prince Adam from He-Man? I wish. Is that your, your lead-in for <laughs> yes. that? Um, yeah, the trailer for the new He-Man animated series dropped. Showrunner Kevin Smith, of all people. Definitely outside of his normal wheelhouse, for sure. That was way better than I was expecting. I was going to watch it anyways. Yeah. And I, uh, it's one of the things that uh, my brother kind of thanks me for, because I always force his kids to watch shows that I want them to watch. So I have <laughs> kids to talk to about cartoons. Yeah. And I made them watch She-Ra the Animated Show, which is more for younger kids than my right. age anyways. Yep. But I thought it was a cute concept and everything, and it was kind of a fix of Eternia for me as well. And, oh, the kids loved it. And so this, this not so much for their age. This is definitely, I feel like, more of a young adult type uh, crowd. Kevin Smith promises it's family friendly, though. Well, I don't doubt that it's not going or that they're going to have swear words this and that, and I don't need that with He Man either. Right. It just looks like the animation style, or it's not going to be friendship is magic type uh, yeah. feelings. He Man is buff. <laughs> Got some Rob Liefeld muscles going on in that bitch. <laughs> um, I'm excited for Skeletor, right? Because you got Mark Hamill doing the voice of that and I like oh my god what a perfect cast for that I just 
it's so nice to hear him and not that stupid, like, it's still like a Skeletor voice, but it's not that terrible voice from the 80s cartoon. That voice is so bad. <laughs> like, when I go back and rewatch He-Man now, like, it's the worst. What kind of villain has a voice like that? <laughs> it's so non-threatening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I'm excited. I loved He-Man growing up. I mean, She-Ra was obviously more of my jam because she was marketed to me in a heavier fashion than He-Man was. But I dug the He-Man for sure. Um, I can't wait for the spewing of related toys to start coming out. Yeah, I never got into those toys as much. But I have been seeing some, and I think I might have mentioned it with Anthony last week, for me, certain action figures, so when they say five points of articulation, it's shoulders, leg, and head can move. But I like to have the elbows and at least knee joints, which, you know, match the universe. So that they're, so that they can fight better? Yes. Against each other? Yeah. Okay. So otherwise they're just clubbing each other okay. with their fists where it can do a little more action poses right. and everything. Yeah. So, I never got into it, but I've seen there's some different types of uh, Master Universe figures that are very posable, and mm -hmm. that's kind of cool, and I have to maybe get some. Are you talking about the old school ones, or are you talking about the ones from the mm -hmm. early 2000s? Well, that's what I'm saying, old school ones, okay. even 2001. It depends on the brand or what they do. They've done some re-releases of the yeah, old school ones, yeah. and those are the ones that are just five points of articulation, right. really. So they had the old school ones, which I have a friend who collects the old school He-Man toys, and she has a very extensive collection, to the point where, like, apparently there were there were normal versions of the He-Man toys, and then there were battle damage mm -hmm. versions of the He-Man toys, and she has all of those as well. <laughs> um, and then there, when they they did a He-Man reboot in the early two thousands, right? Do you remember that? It didn't last very long. Is I feel like I do because they did a new Thundercats around that same yep. time as well, um, and then they pushed new toys out then. But I feel like when they pushed those new toys out, they weren't new toys for the new television show. They were the redone versions of the original show, which seemed very weird to me. But it really is. I mean, this was the He Man and Shira were alongside Transformers were the shows that were created specifically to market toys to children. Yep, so, and I am not sad for that at all. That's how you live your my life to this my, day. My bank is sad, <laughs> but I'm not. So, uh, speaking of toys, there's some Silverhawks toys that are going to be debuting. Silverhawks? Yes, Why? do you remember that show? I, never, I know what it is. I never watched Silverhawks. It was so just sweet looking like I thought personally yeah and so but you can't ever really find those figures anymore because they're all just vintage there haven't really been any re-releases so now they've come out uh, Super 7 uh, toy maker maker are, are releasing these and they are a bit expensive uh, well, that's because children don't know what the Silver Hawks are. So the audience for these toys is adults. They are partly metal, partly real. Yeah. Silver <laughs> Hawks. Do they have the one with the cowboy hat? Uh, not that I have seen yet. Because um, that's the only one that matters. 
<laughs> their hair, like, I'm looking at pictures of them now, and like I said, I never watched it, but I 100% recall this. And it, they're so ridiculous looking. They are part metal. They're mostly metal. Their hair's metal. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the only thing that's not metal on pretty them much their face. is their face and an arm of a couple of them. And some Except hands. for when they put their face shield over yeah. and then they <laughs> look all metal. They're like Iron Man with wings. So weird. Okay, so how much are these things going to uh, be going for? 55 to 85. Wow. And you, these toys are, you said, these are metal? Or no? Oh, I don't even know about that. Oh. I'm just saying that's the part of their oh. song for the... I, th- I figured that was the justification for selling them I don't know. I, I, they don't look... Like, I know the old school ones. You know what? I think it's called galvanized looking. Yeah. Like, it's paint that looks kind of silvery, oh, but it metallic. Flakes, yeah. flakes off. And, like, that's what... There's really... Any vintage one that you have, if it's not sealed, protected, and, like, oxygen-deprived, like wrapping it it's, doesn't have any of its yeah shininess it's left off. to it yeah and i've seen people restore them and all that and again i don't need originals but i kind of just want one or two of these because nobody that's brings, a lot because it brings back toy. memories but yes i don't need there's wants and needs and i don't need these yeah i'm looking at these now and they are definitely plastic so why why what? Why would they be fifty five dollars? It's pro. It's because of the articulation and probably the. Because it's not a Hasbro, cheaply made thing. Like I said, okay. it's coming from Super Seven, which is a, uh, custom yes, branded uh, ultimate type of right. figurines. They're not coming out until August twenty twenty two. So they must be making them to order then. If you can pre order them now. And then they'll just make as many as get ordered, okay. maybe? Maybe that's why they're so expensive. I can see that. There's also a Snake Eyes toy that I was looking at. Um, there's a Simpsons. You remember Gargoyles. The old... What? Oh, uh, well, that's That's a Goliath? pretty pimp-looking... And how much is that? Only 22 32.99. Oh, that ain't bad. And that comes out July 2021. That's a pretty good looking one. But again, completely unneeded. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have a Goliath toy. <laughs> I have my Xanatos toy. He, I need a Goliath. He has quite the quite the articulation. You can see his little elbows and knees there bent. Yeah, dog. I'm getting that one. <laughs> and then I'll get a silver hawk to battle him. Oh, God. Yeah. And I'll hang him from strings from the ceiling. So do you think, I just, I get so confused why things, like, is there that big of a call for Silverhawk toys? Are people just clamoring for these? Is that why they're being made? Or are they going to be doing a new show? I feel like they're going to be doing a new show. Um, I've heard rumors of such, but haven't seen anything really come from it. But again, that, you know, redoing um, Thundercats and all that too. With hopefully the success of yeah. Masters of the Universe that happens. I mean, Transformers has been always been decent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Comes and goes. Yeah. For sure. But there's always Lego. And oh, geez. I am getting kind of sick of some of these Lego ideas that have been coming out 
Because those are the cool, those are made for adults. Okay. And there's one that, that has just come out. It's a, pretty much a functional typewriter. Oh. And it looks really cool. But it is also a bit expensive. Yeah. And so this is one of those that I do not need. Um, no. It's 200 bucks for this typewriter. And it doesn't look... I mean, it looks cool. And I really want it. But it's not needed. And I just... Why, why, why do they do that to me? Because then there's sets. Like, they have... Uh, you know the the newest ship that they have in Guardians Galaxy, the the Benatar. Okay. Um, so there's a set of that that just came out as well from Lego. Um, my I still haven't even got into some of these that I bought. In fact, found out that uh, you'll you'll love this lens. In my family thread of of text messaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my cousins was going on about how he just bought most expensive Lego set and a chair and how he's getting old. Oh, what Lego set? Well, he bought the, the Nintendo one. Oh, God. I go, I did that too, plus a chair. He goes, did you get a steel case chair? I go, yes. And he goes, I'm turning into you. No. And I'm like, hey, it's not all bad. And then, of course, my brother then sends a picture that I didn't know he had of me. This has been... My brother's picture on his phone of me for his um, contacts. Oh, God, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where the... <laughs> From the original Sin Eyeballs. Yes, I, rem- I was here when that picture was I taken. I know. I couldn't believe... <laughs> Matt, Matt brought that out of the blue in the thread. I go, where the hell did you get that? You just have that saved? He goes, dude, that's your... your profile picture when you call. I laugh every time you call because of the googly eyes. I'm like... Oh, that's Dude. great. I love it. Oh, my new Facebook profile pictures. Uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, tons of more Lego ideas. Uh, I just need to stay off Lego. You do. You gotta, like, are you putting these together? Is that, like... I'll get to there eventually. Okay. Because now I'm just looking at Ghostbuster stuff, and they're doing re-releases of the originals, which they're not... 100%, but they're mostly accurate, mm. and they look sweet. Yeah. Uh, Ghostbuster along... action figures? Yes. It, there's going to be a lot of things Ghostbusters this year going along with the new movie that's going to be coming out. Right. Which I think that got pushed back to November. Um, I can't remember, but tons of toys that are going to coincide with the new movie. Like these cool little uh, marshmallow men. Because they showed in the trailer with... All the little Stay Puft fans. Yeah. Yeah. So those are going to be the little porgs of the Ghostbusters world. Yay. And, uh... That's fun. Yeah. It's a good time. And then what I was going to say, too, is this uh, arcade cabinet that I just saw for 500 bucks to play the... When you could buy it, and it'd be yours, the old school four-person Simpsons game. Remember... Mm -hmm. Playing those at the arcade. Mm. It's pretty much like the X-Men or any of the other beat-em-up or the Ninja Turtles. You okay. got the yeah, yeah, couple yeah. buttons and you could be one of the Simpsons. Yeah. I think I don't think I ever played that one, but the X-Men one I rocked hard for sure. I'd love to have one of those just to have it rammed to like yeah. play all of them. 
Yeah, those can be dreams of yours someday. I know. I just... <laughs> After all of your adult uh, things are taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> Never gonna happen. I know, I know. Um, yeah, I didn't see, there wasn't much more news. I mean, we talked about Sweet Tooth a little bit. I know you and, and Anthony talked about it briefly uh, in a previous episode. Man, oh man. Is that a great little show? Um, I wasn't sure. We kind of put off watching it because it was like, I don't know. I just don't want to be disappointed by it, you know? And I wasn't. It was really good. It was really good. I'm going to sneeze. So there's going to be like a pause. Here's there no... <laughs> You're not even sneezing now. Did you stop yourself? I think I did. I felt it coming and I was like, either I stop talking or I keep talking and I sneeze all over you. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that COVID. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's 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 an amazingly well done. So store. well done. I yeah. watched it all, and I was mad that there wasn't more. I know, I know, and it's I read a lot of Jeff Lemire stuff, and I always enjoy everything that he does. Um, it is interesting because I believe he also did the art on Sweet Tooth and Jeff Lemire has a very distinct sort of style of art, which I would never qualify as like cute, right? It's mm -hmm. always very alien. Yes. Even the humans look alien. Yep. Everyone's very thin and gaunt. Like it's, it's kind of interesting to look at. Um, this show does not look like that at all. So they didn't take any sort of visual cues from the what? book. I mean, they did. I mean, he has... Yeah, his, he has you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, as far as how well it, it plays to the actual story itself, I'm not sure. But wow. Is it good. Definitely like Mark Miller. Look at what they did with Jeff Lemire's show and ask yourself why Netflix couldn't do the same thing for you. <laughs> <laughs> Why was Jupiter's Legacy so terrible? <laughs> Why was it so, so There's bad? There's people that said they, they like it. I Jupiter's just, Legacy? Yeah, I just think the aesthetic looks... I enjoyed the half of that show that took place in the past. And did not enjoy the half of that show that took place in the present. Um, if they would have just done the past, I would have been fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you can't do that. Anyway, so if you guys haven't checked out Sweet Tooth yet on Netflix, go check it out. It's just a great little show. Add it to your list of things to watch. There's so many. Yes, there is. Anything else? No. All right. Booze in the book this week is, and I, I pick these all the time, they are the DC pick a something and throw a bunch of different stories together type collaborations. Yep. Holidays. Yeah. Seasons. And this one is DC Pride. So it has two, four, six, eight, nine, uh, nine stories along with, uh, throughout this, uh, pinup type posters of different characters. Okay. And the thing that I'm not going to talk too much about this, mainly because I don't know all the characters. And that's what I want to say. They took people who 
represented uh, anything from the LBGTQ community. So Constantine, he's bisexual, so he was in a in a one of these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a couple and was it a Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy kind of have their thing going. Mm-hmm. So there was a story about them. But besides them, there's there's other characters in DC Universe that I don't really know who they are. Have I've seen them once or twice? Um, I think Midnighter is a DC character, right? Is that correct? Um, I feel that was one of the, one of the guys' names. I can't remember. Um, well, I've Midnighter seen... is definitely Midnighter's been representing the LGBTQ community for a super long time. And the best thing about Midnighter is not only was he representing that community, but he's also super violent. <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah, he was in one of these stories that I was reading. Yeah. So that's who I thought it was. And all in all, the stories were great. And what I really liked about this one was the last story that kind of pulled them together. One of the guys said a line that I, I, I don't want to say it, but it was really cool and kind of, you know, it was a joke, but not really, it, I don't know. All in all, it was a great book. Uh, again, it had like, you know, 90 pages or so um, to celebrate Gay Pride Month. Um, written by a ton of different uh, writers and artists. Yeah. Um, so we're pairing that this week with the Rainbow Sherbert Sour from Prairie Artisan Ales. So if you're an avid listener of this show, you know Lindsay loves herself a good sour. And this is one that I've had quite often. And it, it does, I mean, it's Rainbow Sherbert. Just think of the rainbow sherbet that you get at the grocery store that you thought you hated and now as an adult you love because it's nostalgic and just think of that getting you drunk (laughs) (laughs) and how happy it makes you because you have your childhood mashed in with something that makes you feel good as an adult um so that's what we're pairing with that today excellent stuff can i ask you a question about it real quick though this this book I'm having I'm having a existential crisis about the commodification of the Pride Month, right? Because everything's mm-hmm. got fucking rainbows on it oh, now. Yeah. I mean, I saw a Soda Stream the other day that had a rainbow on it. Did you feel like when you read this that they were doing it just to check a box, or did it feel genuine to you? I it felt genuine. Like I wouldn't say that it was just checkbox, but I almost feel like they. Probably initially we're going to put it out to check a box. Yeah. But it didn't feel that way truly reading it. Okay. So I so I can't say yes or no to that question, except for I think that it was very open and accepting to where it didn't feel that way. Okay. But I, I, I see that a lot, and I know Marvel will have something like that yeah. as well, and it is kind of what people... Yeah, the whole you want you want things to become more normalized and not just like take place during a month specified for the celebration yeah. of people, right? So it's good that they're including characters, I guess, that exist constantly throughout the DC universe, and they didn't just make up a bunch of mm-hmm. new characters just to fit into these categories that they're trying to fill. And yeah. I really like to at the end of of this uh, book. There was uh, profiles of the people in the DC um, CW universe, pretty much that who the 
I mean, it was it was the actors and them quick getting some questions asked to them, but because of their characters being portrayed as a gay person, mm-hmm. you know, and not all of them are gay who are portraying the characters, though, it was kind of a cool thing to, like, remind you, too. Like, you may have read the comic book part, but go watch, you know, some of these shows and, and right. know that these people are um, representing on those shows as well. So I thought that was kind of a cool touch that, again... Yeah, synergy. Like, it's come watch our shows, but also, hey, this is the DC EU or whatever they call all of it togetherness of the. I think the CW shows are called the Berlantiverse. The what? The Berlantiverse. Weren't they the Arrowverse at one point? Yeah, but Greg Berlanti is the showrunner on all of these shows. Okay. So he's the he's the. Kevin Feige of the CW shows. But the CW shows are different than whatever they're saying <laughs> the Snyder well I guess that's just the Snyderverse then because yeah. they haven't really had anything outside of that right right. which would make yeah, Wonder Woman's all part of that so would they cut ties with that if they went in a different okay we don't even need we're to get we're going down that. a rabbit hole now <laughs> <laughs> okay well I'm glad so I just I just you know DC, DC does this for a variety of things so it's not like this is out of character for them to throw together a a 90 page book on a specific subject so it doesn't feel as grabby mm-hmm. as some of the stuff that's happening right now well does, and but. yeah like in comic books have always been an expression of right ideas so i don't i honestly don't feel that for any of the comics that are going to do stuff like this it's the conglomerates of like taco bell or pepsi or coca-cola like yes yeah, you're really, you change your logo for one right. month and... Yeah, you pop a rainbow on there and... So, it's just, it's an, I to me it was important to, to make sure that it was, that it wasn't along those lines. Yeah. It didn't feel like, we have to do this because it's Pride Month. And DC's been pretty good about keeping up on having characters. <sighs> Good's the wrong word. They've been trying. Yes. <laughs> and it's taken them a while, but both them and Marvel are they're they're stepping in the right direction at least. So I guess with that, uh stay thirsty for what's left in store for Pride Month. What's left in store for Pride Month? I, don't know. I guess what's left in stores for Pride Month. <laughs> We're talking about capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> stay Rainbows. stay thirsty for uh, pride discount sales at all the stores because people don't want to buy it because we all know it's bullshit. <laughs> I'll get my rainbow flag shirt. <laughs> You'd look adorable. 